0: Well, today is a massive day around here. I don't know if you know this yet. You didn't miss a memo, but uh, you need to appreciate that today, of all days, is my birthday. It is January 24th, and also on occasion is designated in Canada as the statistically most depressing day of the year. I don't know if there's any correlation with that, but today is my birthday, and before you go and shoot me that text or go online and find that gift card that you want to send me via email, I don't need any of that stuff. Don't distract yourself with any of that kind of stuff, because this year for my birthday, I'm only asking for one thing, and every one of you can provide it for me, because this year, especially through this talk, on my birthday, all I'm asking for is an open mind. See, we're in this series uh, launching into a brand new year where we're trying to press the refresh button on our lives with God. And we've been kind of working through some concentric circles, starting with resolving to put God first and kind of paying attention to the relationship that Jesus invites us into and considering whether that's actually the way that we've understood or defined our relationship with God and then pressed the refresh button. And then we tried to kind of realize the next week that there's no place like home, that when it comes to our lives with God, it ought to make the greatest impact on the people who are closest to us. So it caused us to reflect on people in our households or our workplaces or our classrooms when we're together in person or our neighborhoods and to evaluate whether those people closest to us are enjoying the most of Jesus through us. Then last week, we were reclaiming the power of community, evaluating whether in each one of our personal lives, we could honestly say that we have spiritually stimulating mates to enable us to be better together in our lives with God than if we were on our own, whether we even have just a few or even just one. And again, it allowed us to press the refresh button on our lives and our faith. And so today, kind of moving to the next concentric circle from our lives with God to those closest to us to our core community, we now want to take a look at our relationship with the church with the church. And I know, obviously, in my seat that this is a, an area of personal passion for me, but I know that in so many cases, that word, the word church, is so loaded and can mean so many different things that, in, in many cases, we can become numb to the significance of its meaning. And so today, if for no other reason, because it's my birthday, I'm asking for all of us to just slow down And take a deep breath and try to allow God to open our minds to what he would want to say afresh when it comes to his church. And today we're going to try to do that by looking specifically at one simple verse in the New Testament. It's from a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a first century church in a place called Corinth. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 27, it says this. It says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. And I believe that if we camp out and unpack the significance of what God teaches, just in this one verse today, with an openness of mind, that God can help us press the refresh button when it comes to our lives and our church. For starters, I feel like this verse teaches us something about the identity of the church, what, at the end of the day, the church actually is. I believe that Paul teaches that at the very beginning of the verse, where he says, all of you together are Christ's body, meaning the church. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. See, the, in, in the original language, the verse says, you are the body of Christ, and you are a part of it. You are the body of Christ, and you are the part of it. But the first word, you, is plural. And the second word, you, is singular. And so that's why I like this translation that kind of unpacks that and differentiates that to a greater degree. And uh, it, it helps us appreciate that when it comes to the body of Christ, Paul says, you, meaning all believers together, are that, which means the inverse as well, that what the church is at its core is all believers together. That you and I together, if we profess to follow Jesus, are the body of Christ. We are the church. Now, to me, this is probably the first and foremost way in which we need God to kind of create a bit of openness of mind and press the refresh button because I feel like for many of us, the word church, what it is by definition, can mean so many different things. You know, for some of us, the church is a place. It's a, it's a building. You know, we view people of faith as church goers, Uh, In other cases, it's an event, or it's a day a week, it's a time of day. Hey, kids, time to go to church. It's church time. In other cases, uh, we might view it as an agency, a charity of sorts that hopefully does good things in the world. Regardless, in so many cases, our definition of church, kind of the common thread to all of those understandings, is that the church is this, like, third party from a distance agent outside of ourselves. The church is this other thing beyond ourselves, where, from the New Testament's perspective, the church is nothing more, nothing less than ourselves. The church is us if we are followers of Jesus. What well, you've got to appreciate is that when a person becomes a follower of Jesus, from a spiritual perspective, two things happen, not just one. They become alive spiritually, and they become included spiritually. That's what it refers to in Ephesians It says there in verse 19 that because of your faith, you're no longer foreigners and strangers. You're not outsiders to this thing, but now fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, meaning you belong. He goes on to say, in Christ, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. See, when a person becomes a follower of Jesus and receives the Holy Spirit, the resurrected living spirit of Jesus for themselves, Jesus not just indwells us, he also includes us. And with every other person in whom Jesus' spirit dwells, that collective spirit unifies us into this spiritual entity called the church. And that obviously plays out in all kinds of different localized ways at a practical level. But at its core, first things first, we need to appreciate that when it comes to the word church, to its definition, to its identity, it's not a building, it's not a place, it's not an event, it's not a day of the week or time of the day, it's not something outside of ourselves. First things first, the church is ourselves If we profess to follow Jesus, you and I and us together are the church. Next thing that I believe that this passage teaches is what we together as the church exists to do. I believe that it provides a purpose for the church. When Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, all of you together are, he says, Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. He uses this metaphor of Christ's body to describe the church. And I believe that when he's referring to Christ's body, given that when a person and people become followers of Jesus, that Jesus' spirit indwells them, that to be the body of Christ by image is to be kind of the, the outward representation to be kind of the physical manifestation of Jesus in the world. And I believe that when it comes to being Christ's body, at the end of the day, that kind of gives us a clue to God's purpose for his church. That at the end of the day, the Church exists to reveal Jesus to the world, to kind of manifest who Jesus is in practical, tangible, experiential ways to people who don't yet know him. And in that sense, in the same way that Jesus came to earth to what we call incarnate God, to be the incarnation of all the realities of heaven and the life and love of God that we celebrated just a month ago at Christmas, in the same way that Jesus came to incarnate God, Jesus' followers are intended by him to carry on that legacy to incarnate his life and love in the world, to reveal who he is. Now, again, I think it requires us to take a breath and just allow God to hit the refresh button, because especially if we start off by viewing the church as kind of a third-party entity outside of ourselves, we can assume that the purpose of the church is just to kind of offer some stuff, to, to do some programs or to, to make some resources available to meet some people's needs. And for sure, churches try to do that. Our church seeks to do that. But we do that as a means to a greater end because the ultimate end, the ultimate purpose of why the church exists isn't to just offer things to meet people's needs, but to reveal Jesus to the world around it. And in that sense, carry on the legacy that Jesus intended it to carry on, you know, based on the job description that he gave his first disciples in Matthew chapter 28. He says there in verse 19 to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. At the end of Jesus' ministry, where he was incarnating God, revealing to people what God was like, he does this baton pass with his first disciples and with subsequent disciples of them to say, you now carry on this legacy, and I will provide you my spirit to empower you to do that, to continue revealing my essence and nature to others. And so when it comes to the purpose of the church, let's allow God to hit the refresh button and help us appreciate that it's not just not an outside entity, but it's also not just something that exists to meet people's needs. At the end of the day, it has a much grander purpose than that. The purpose of the church, of you and I and us together, is to reveal Jesus to the world. In addition to that, I believe that this one verse kind of teaches us something about our role in the church or the relationship that all of us are to have as part of the church. I believe that that's what Paul's getting at uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, when he says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Each of you is a part of it. I think that in 1 Corinthians 12, this is really the point that Paul is getting at when he uses this body metaphor, because using the metaphor of the human body You know, the body functions as one thing, but it's made up of so many individual separate kind of little things, little parts. And all of these specific individual parts do unique different things, but together they each individually specifically contribute to the overall functioning and health of this one body. And I believe that that's what Paul's trying to encourage all his readers and hearers to understand is that each of them have a role to play in this body, or more fundamentally, that the relationship that believers are to have in the church as parts of that body is fundamentally one of contributing, not fundamentally of consuming. And I think again this is a place where we want to pause and take a breath and allow God to hit the refresh button among us because for many of us especially if we view the church as this outside entity and assume that its purpose is to offer programs and services and ministries and things to meet people's needs that then it's our job as followers of Jesus in participating in those programs as we feel fit to simply receive what the church has from it that our role to be recipients of the ministry of the church, almost like consumers of it. And for sure, God wants to see all of our needs met in a community of faith, but counterintuitively, the way the Bible describes people of faith's needs being met by the church is not through the posture of consumer, it's through the posture of contributor. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. It says there, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Counterintuitively, the way all of us have our needs met by the church, the way all of us have our growth stimulated by the church, is not by focusing on getting our needs met by the church or having the church stimulate our growth. Counterintuitively, it's by each of us doing our own special work, bringing the very best of God's best in us and contributing it together reciprocally. And through that potluck dynamic, God is able to meet all of our needs and more importantly, collectively be the body of Christ and reveal Jesus to the watching world. That it's only as we engage in a posture of contributor, not as consumer, that God's vision for the church gets realized. Well, gang, I would say it's time again to just... Pause and take a breath. And again, allow God to open our minds and kind of hit the refresh button as we consider each of those individual paradigms and kind of the cumulative impact together when we consider, you know, what the church is and what it's intended to do and what our role in it ought to be. Because frankly, for so many of us, so many of the times, we can assume that the church is this outside entity that exists to provide some stuff, and it's our job to receive the stuff that this outside entity provides. And yet, from the Bible's perspective, nothing could be further from the truth. The church is us, you and I together, filled and unified by God's Spirit, The church is the body of Christ, meaning the physical, tangible manifestation of Jesus, articulating who Jesus is in the world. And the church is every one of us contributing our unique part to it as contributors, not consumers. That's the refresh button that I believe God wants to press in each of our minds and hearts at the dawn of a new year. And I feel like in order for God to do that, first things first, we've first got to make sure that we've allowed God to fully press the refresh button in how we relate to him personally. I think that if we're going to allow God to press the refresh button in how we relate to the church, we've got to go back to our January 3rd talk. And if you missed that, I'd encourage you to catch that video or to watch it again to allow God to fully press that refresh button first things first. Because as we talked about then, if all we're doing is relating to Jesus like he's a spiritual Santa Claus, and in that regard, treating God like nothing more than a a spiritual vending machine, well then by extension, we're going to relate to the community of faith like a collective vending machine as well. And that's not the point of the church or the way that God intends followers of Jesus to relate to it. And so we've got to, first things first, understand that our relationship with God is made possible by grace alone that enters us in at a humble posture, to live an active faith, not just to believe in Jesus, but to believe of him enough to follow him actively so that progressively over time we can be transformed by him and bear his likeness individually to a greater degree. If we can embrace his definition of a relationship with him, I think it makes it easier for us to allow God to press the refresh button in our relationship with the church, with the collective body of Christ. At the same time, you got to know that I, I don't believe that the responsibility is entirely exclusively on each of us personally. I do believe that the church collectively has a role to play in clarifying what it actually is and what it's for. And I think over time, the church in general, especially over the last 50 years, and even our church in particular, has kind of mixed messaged that dynamic according to how we function. Because I feel like, especially over the last 50 years, the church, you know, innocently and and I think in the motivation of Jesus to orient itself to the other, that's what Jesus ultimately is about, the church has tried to raise its game in how it orients itself to the other, in how it serves Others, But in doing that, and especially in embracing some of the kind of best business practices of how to provide that good customer service, we've created this way of operating and this medium that has become the message that mistakenly communicates to people that our role in the church is to be customers of it and to be served by it. And so what it requires, I think, is for us to take a step back and to look at kind of a a macro view of the church and to take a look at the impact it's having, you know, whether it's across Niagara or all across our country, and realize that the church in increasing ways is being known for very different things than the character and reputation of Jesus. That over time, even statistics would verify that the church in our country is being known for things like hypocrisy and judgmentalism and distrustfulness and not for the grace and love and inclusiveness and the transforming power of the person of Jesus. And it's got to be a wake up call to say, what do we need to change in order to change that impact in order to fulfill our ultimate purpose of revealing Jesus clearly to the world? Personally, I feel like the thing we most need to change, first things first, at the dawn of a new year, is to allow God to change our minds according to what the church is, or more importantly, who the church is, what it's ultimately for, and what our relationship with it ought to be. Because you and I together are the church. We are the body of Christ, the manifestation of Jesus across Niagara and around the world. And each of us is to be a separate and necessary part of it, to relate as contributors, not as consumers. And I know, gang, for some of us at the dawn of a new year, especially where we find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic, this is a hard message to get our heads and hearts around. Because I know talking with so many of us that, you know, we are desperate these days, 10 months into this COVID pandemic, to see God move in powerful ways. We have needed God in many ways like never before. And in many ways, we're turning to the church, needing God through the church like never before. And I want to affirm that, that we ought to do that, that in times like this, we ought to dig deep and look for God in one another in a faith community. But in looking to see our needs desperately met by God through a church, what I can't do, even or especially in a pandemic, is I can't say that the church exists primarily for you. I can't shift that focus. I I, I can't kind of make the customer always right because in the sense of the church, there isn't supposed to be a customer. And contrary to good marketing strategy, I can't make you the hero of this story because when it comes to the church of Jesus Christ, Jesus is the hero of the story and his rescued people who are the church exist and are empowered by his spirit to tell it, to reveal that story to the world. As we relate as contributors not just as consumers. So certainly, when the church is working right, we've said before that God intends there to be a no-need-among-us dynamic. But it doesn't happen by looking to the church to have our needs met by it. It happens when we all understand with an openness of mind God's vision and purpose for it and embrace it fully in our lives personally and together as a community. And so at the dawn of a new year, you know, whether, if for nothing else, as a birthday present to me, I would ask whether we could have an openness of mind that allows God to press that refresh button in our minds and hearts today. Because the truth is, throughout the course of this year, I'm going to talk with a lot of you uh, about the church. I know I love to talk about the church, and many of you talk with me about the church. But it gets hard, doesn't when we're talking about the church and using two totally different understandings of it. You know, I'm talking with people, and their understanding of the church is that it's some entity outside of themselves that provides some stuff, and it's their job to receive that stuff. But I'm coming at it from the perspective of the church being all of us. And our purpose is to reveal Jesus to the world, and our role is to all contribute God's very best in us to it. You know, it's like ships passing in the night. Those conversations just don't make sense. And so I'm praying that God would open our minds now and unify our hearts in a special way at the dawn of a new year where his activity in and through his church has never been needed more than now. Can you and I and us together allow God to press the refresh button on understanding who the church is, what it's for, and how we're to relate so that later this year we can talk about reopening the church as the pandemic kind of settles. But first things first, before we're talking about reopening the church, can we give God a chance to reopen our minds about who the church is, what it's for, and how to relate to it. Because at the end of the day, gang, you and I and us together are the church. We are the body of Christ revealing Jesus to the world, and every single one of us, if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, are essential contributors to it. Let's pray together. God in heaven, we just thank you for the tremendous opportunity to not only be rescued by you, but to be included by you and by your spirit in this eternity-altering kingdom-building plan that you call your church. I pray that you would press the refresh button in our minds and hearts, even right now, in a special way, and help us to see the wonder of what we get to be a part of. In addition, God, I know that we've been reading through the Sermon on the Mount this past month, and I I feel like, you know, where Jesus taught us to pray, God, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that we would pray that prayer in a special way today, knowing that the way that you intend your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven is primarily through this body of Christ, through this wonder that you call your church. And I pray that we can be that with the fullness of your best in us all contributed together. God, help us to be active, functioning members of your family and members of your body so that not only can all of our needs be met in a no-need-among-us kind of a way, but so that we can actually reclaim the reputation of Jesus with all its glory and all its integrity across Niagara, around our country, and around the world. God, make us those people today do the work to press the refresh button in our minds and hearts. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.